Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analyzing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. Today we're looking at the epilogue of Twilight, titled An Occasion. Guys, we're almost there. The last little chapter of this book. God, what a slog. What a slog. So where we left off, we were in the hospital after the big altercation with James. And Edward was just catching Bella up on all her injuries. Renee was being shit. And Bella didn't really ask how Charlie was. (laughs) Just, he's not on her radar at all. And she was like begging him to become a vampire one day. And he said, no. <laughs> and then discussions and discussions and discussions ensued. And it was enthralling for everyone involved. So now we've got Edward helping Bella into his car and being very careful of the wisps of silk and chiffon and the flowers he'd pinned into her curls and her bulky walking cast. <laughs> and Edward ignored the angry set of her mouth. So. Straight away, we can see that they're dressed up for, like, it's pretty obvious it's like the prom, right? (laughs) It's pretty obvious. And she's angry about it because she's fucking Bella Swan. Also, it just hit me how funny it is that her last name's Swan and she is the least graceful person. (laughs) So then we find out that Bella actually doesn't know what's going on. So they're driving and she's like, at any point, are you going to tell me what's happening? She's like, I hate surprises. And he knows that. And he's like, um, I'm shocked that you haven't figured it out yet. And yeah, same. And he throws a mocking smile in her direction and her breath catches in her throat because he's so hot. She's like, would I ever get used to this perfection? (laughs) And she says, I did mention that you do look very nice, right? And he's like, yeah. And she says, I'd never seen him dress in black before. And with the contrast against his pale skin, his beauty was absolutely surreal. So you've never seen him dress in black? In my head, he's wearing a black leather jacket all the time. Surely he's worn black. Is anyone buying that black isn't a fixture of Edward's wardrobe? And also she never notices his clothes because she's so stunned by his beautiful face. So how would she know if he's worn black or not? She wouldn't have a clue. I just think that's such a dumb sentence to say because it can be so easily disproven if this was real life (laughs) or if the book had pictures. (laughs) Okay, maybe maybe it's not easily disproven. Maybe the joy of writing a book for Stephanie is that she can say whatever the fuck she wants (laughs) and no one can contradict her. I'll try though. But she's thinking, hmm, why is he wearing a tuxedo? And why am I wearing a dress and a fancy shoe on the one foot that's not broken? 
So Alice had gotten her all dressed up in this nice blue frilly dress and done all her makeup and all her hair because Alice is like, well, Alice is lying to her face, basically. She says that she never had to be a human. So she wants Bella to have this human experience for her. And yeah, that's all well and good that you don't remember being a human, but you've also been graduating from high school for the past 30 years. (laughs) How many problems have you been to, Alice? Like, all you do is go to high school and, and drink the blood of animals. What other experiences would you want? But Bella says, nothing good could come of our formal attire. Of that, I was sure. Unless, dot, dot, dot. But she was afraid to put suspicions into words, even in her own head. So she's, again, not filling us in. She's like, I'm narrating this book, but I'm going to leave you guessing. But then she gets distracted because the phone's ringing. So Edward pulls the cell phone from a pocket inside his jacket and then answers and he's like, hi, Charlie. And Bella's like, Charlie? Why the fuck's Charlie calling him? And she says, Charlie had been difficult since her return to Forks. Uh, He basically was really happy with Carlisle because Carlisle saved Bella. And on the other hand, he was stubbornly convinced that it was all Edward's fault. Because if not for him, then she would never have left in the first place. Blah, 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 blah. And that's exactly the truth. Charlie hit the nail on the head there. But now she has like rules that hadn't existed before, like curfews and visiting hours. And it's like, okay, get over it. You did almost die. Don't act like you were completely fine and nothing ever happened. And also don't act like you didn't break Charlie's heart by saying the exact words that your mum said on the night that she left him, which you're privy to for some reason. Don't act like you didn't say that. And anyway, she must be really distracted by the fact that Charlie's calling him because she doesn't pull him up for answering the phone while driving. She's always yelling at him for speeding and stuff, but answering the phone while driving, she's like, meh, whatever. You don't even need hands free. So then Edward's laughing on the phone. He's like, you're kidding. And then he's like, all right, put him on. And he says, hello, Tyler. This is Edward Cullen. And Bella's like, what's Tyler doing at my place? And then the awful truth begins to dawn on her. And she's looking down at the dress that she's in. And she's like, "Uh uh-oh. And Edward's like, I'm sorry if there's been some sort of miscommunication, but Bella's unavailable tonight. And his voice switches from being like humorous to threatening. And he's like, to be perfectly honest, she'll be unavailable every night as far as anyone besides myself is concerned. No offense. And he's like, sorry about your evening. And then like hangs up on poor Tyler. Yeah, so he's pissing on her to assert his dominance over all the other men at Forks High. Oh, that possessive behavior is so gross. But Bella doesn't care about that. She's like, yeah, own me. I'm a possession, whatever. But why are we at prom? And she feels rage-induced tears starting to fill her eyes. She's so pissed off. She's like, you're taking me to prom? And she says it was embarrassingly obvious now. Um, I think it was obvious always. (laughs) Always. Like, haven't, haven't kids at school been talking about this? Is she just so oblivious to the rest of the world? Like, I'm imagining posters covering lockers. Banners in the hallway. Promposals happening. Alice was just talking to her about how she never had to have human experiences like this. What did she think she was talking about? How is she so fucking dumb? (laughs) What an idiot. (laughs) But she's like, didn't he know me at all? He knows that I didn't like the prom. And he's like, don't be difficult, Bella. And she's like, why are you doing this to me? And he's like, um, 
Honestly, what did you think we were doing? <laughs> and yeah, he shouldn't, you know, be forcing things onto her. If she doesn't want to go to the prom, don't go to the fucking prom. But also, she seemed happy enough getting in the car dressed up in prom clothes on prom night. <laughs> you do have to feel a bit bad for Edward for being a bit flummoxed. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, Bella's pretty embarrassed that her suspicions were so far off the mark and that her hopes sort of seemed a bit silly now. She said, I guess there was some kind of occasion brewing, but prom? That was the furthest thing from my mind. I would never expect to go to prom on prom night. (laughs) God, hand me a bucket of blood because I would carry that bitch so hard. (laughs) But then she'd faint. And she's like full on crying because she talks about how she was worried that she was wearing mascara, but then she was like, oh, it must be waterproof mascara because there's tears coming down my cheeks. And I'm like, well, you know what? It's just prom. Take a breath. Or she could just say to Edward, look, I really don't want to go to prom. I'm really uncomfortable. Could you please turn the car around? And if he says, no, we're going to prom, then you dump him. Because if you're that uncomfortable and that upset, just fucking go home. If he's not letting you go home, that's psycho. And he's like, why are you crying? And she's like, it's because I'm mad. So then he stares at her and she's like, what? And he's like, humor me. And then his golden eyes melt all her fury. And she's like, oh, it's impossible to fight with him when he, when he cheated like that. And so she gives in. So, so it can't be that big of a deal if all he needs to do to convince you is just give you eye contact. So Bella's like, fine, but I'm overdue for more bad luck. So I'm probably going to break my other leg. And she like says, look at this shoe. It's a death trap. And she holds out her good leg as evidence. But like she holds it out while seated in the car. So maybe her seats push far back. And Edward says, hmm. And he stares at her leg longer than was necessary. And he says, remind me to thank Alice for that tonight. What a perv. (laughs) What a pervert. (laughs) Gross. But she's like, oh, Alice is going to be there. And he's like, yep. And Jasper and Emmett, dot, dot, dot. And Rosalie. And oh, there's still tension because... Rosalie still hates her guts. And, you know, fair enough. She did get them into some trouble. And Bella narrates, Emmett enjoyed having me around. He thought my bizarre human reactions were hilarious. And Emmett, you hang around with humans all day. You go to school. How can human reactions be that humorous to you? And also you were a human. Like they all just, Alice, Alice got amnesia. She forgot what her whole human life was. But the rest of them were human and they totally act like they never were. And they're like, what? Humans eat? We had to be reminded that you eat, Bella. It's like, what? You were human. You didn't come from another planet. And it's not even like they live so long that they forget their human life. Like we had a whole chapter in this, in the middle of the book about Carlyle's life as a human back in the 1600s in that little town of London. (laughs) And he was recounting everything. So clearly they have memories, but they're just, oh, they're just out of touch. Anyway, the point was, Rosalie's still a bit frosty with Bella. And who cares? Who cares? So they get to the school car park and she says, the clouds were thin today, a few streaks of sunlight escaping through. <laughs> Which would normally be an odd description. So I was thinking, ah, so the Cullens must, you know, get out of the car and then like race to get into the school so that they don't sparkle. But no, nah, that's it. She just said that just cause. Bella does a thing where she's like, I'm not getting out of the car. I mean, a second ago, she's like, fine, I'll go to the prom. She relents because of his eye contact. But now she's, 
She's stubborn with her arms folded. Ugh. And then he mentions dancing and she gulps because, you know, she's a gulper. Take a drink every time she gulps. And he says, Bella, I won't let anything hurt you, not even yourself. And he's like, come on, I'll be with you all night. And she's like, oh, fine. Oh, God, he convinces her to do so much. And she always relents. It's, it's just sickening. So then she limps towards the school with no mention of the sunlight breaking through the clouds. And she gets into the gym and she laughs at like the corny prom decorations. And she says, this looks like a horror movie waiting to happen. And he says, well, there are more than enough vampires present. And I'm glad they're using the V word. It's just nice to be open with it. Because for a while there, they were just like pretending they weren't vampires. And I know they're completely different to normal vampires. So they may as well have been called something else. But it's nice that they're admitting that they're vampires. Thank God. And she looks at the dance floor and there's a wide gap in the center of the dance floor because two couples were whirling gracefully and everyone else was just standing around to give them space because they were so beautiful and no one wanted to interrupt and take away from their radiance. She's projecting onto the other people in the auditorium. That's what she's doing. But anyway, she's like, yeah, it was Emmett and Jasper and Alice and Rosalie dancing in their tuxedos and their satin dresses. They looked so beautiful that everyone just had to stop and stare. I call bullshit. Those circles that gather around dancing people, they never end up graceful. That's for sure. And so Rosalie was wearing a dress that was scarlet and backless. It was tight to her calves where it flared into like a train and it had a neckline that plunged to her waist. So it was not only backless, but the neckline also plunged to her waist. Her waist. So I'm thinking, (laughs) everyone in that room seeing, they're seeing belly button. They're seeing, I hope she's got Hollywood tape. (laughs) Mate, it sounds like the skimpiest dress ever. And she's meant to be like a 17 year old girl. So a bit awkward, but God, everyone in the room might've just been like, holy hell. Who's that Victoria's Secret runway model with the backless, frontless dress? So he buys her tickets. She doesn't say thank you. She just cringes against his arm and drags her feet towards the dance floor. And he's like, I've got all night. And again, why is he forcing her to dance? He's such a bloody prick. She doesn't want to dance. She's a huge whinger. Just sit down and drink some punch. But he drags her towards where the rest of his family are twirling elegantly. If in a style totally unsuitable to the present time and music, So the implication is that they're dancing like 19th century style because, you know, that's when they were born. But I was born in the 90s and I'm not doing the lawnmower dance move at every opportunity. (laughs) You can adapt to the times. They've still been alive all these years. They know what new music is. (laughs) That's so so dumb. But now she watches them dance in horror. She, She said the word horror like five times this chapter already. She feels horror. She's watching in horror. But, you know, when it's James walking towards her or about to kill her in a ballet studio, she's like, oh, I sighed, happy to die in place of the one I loved. <laughs> that, that, that seeing people dance, oh my God, horror. And she's complaining and she's like, Edward, I can't dance. And he's like, don't worry, I can. And so he lifts her up and puts her feet onto his feet. So he's doing that thing that like, you know, adults do with like kids at weddings where they stand on your toes and you dance them around the dance floor, which is cute when it's, when it's like a grandpa and his granddaughter. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But for them, yeah, I guess. I mean, the poor bitch is in a moon boot. Like, she's got a broken leg. She's got a leg in a cast, and Edward's making her dance. Like, she's annoying by protesting so much about how she hates dancing. But also, she's got a fucking broken leg. Isn't that enough of an excuse? Let the bitch sit down. Why isn't that her argument? Why is her argument, oh, I'm not good at dancing? Just be like, mate, I've got a broken leg. I'm going to sit this one out. She's well within her rights to say that. But no, he dances her around and she starts to enjoy herself. And she's like, oh, this isn't half bad. But then Edward looks towards the doors and he gets really angry because, you know, he's got mood swings. And she's like, what is it? And then there's Jacob Black. And he's not in a tux, but he's in a long sleeved white shirt with a tie. And his hair is smoothed back into a ponytail and he's coming towards them. And Edward snarls, but she's like, behave. And so Jacob comes up to her and he's like, oh, hey, Bella, was hoping you'd be here. And he's smiling at her, but she can sense that he feels uncomfortable and awkward because she's so perceptive and yet didn't know she was going to the prom on prom night wearing prom clothes. (laughs) And Jacob's like, can I cut in? And Bella's shocked to notice that Jacob didn't have to look up to Edward. She's like, oh, he must've grown half a foot since the first time I'd seen him. (laughs) She's shocked that that the 15 year old boy is growing. (laughs) God, she kills me. Anyway, so they start to dance and she's like, wow, Jake, how tall are you? And he's like, yep, six, two. And he's really smug about it. And I'm saying he's really smug about it because the line is he was smug. (laughs) 
I'm acting like I have insight into the character. I'm just reading the book along as we talk. I don't know if that's a surprise to you guys, but yeah, I'm just reading along. Anyway, he says, 6'2", and he's all smug. (laughs) And she says, we weren't really dancing. My leg made that impossible. Instead, we swayed awkwardly from side to side. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, sit down. You've got a broken leg. So essentially, Jacob just says, can you believe my dad paid me 20 bucks to come to the prom? And she's like, yeah, I can. What's the catch? And he pretty much just says, it's because I had to give you a message. Dad reckons this is a safe place to talk to you. I swear he's losing his mind. And Bella's like, ha ha ha, yeah, but tell me anyway. Because you need the money for car parts, because that's your character motivation. Bella is only ever nice to Jacob. She's not nice to anyone else. Have you guys noticed that? She just, she's like humoring him and she's like, oh, I know this is awkward for you, but come out and say it because I want you to be happy. Like, where did, where did this come from? She's a bitch to everyone else. (laughs) Or is that just me? But I, I really feel like she ignores her friends at school because she's in that Edward bubble. Poor Mike. Poor Jess. And Jacob's like, yeah, this is stupid. But yeah, dad wants you to break up with your boyfriend. He just wanted me to tell you. (laughs) And yeah, Billy basically thinks Edward had something to do with Bella getting hurt in Phoenix. And so then Bella starts getting angry at that. And it's like, well, no, he did have something to do with you getting hurt in Phoenix. She can't deny that Edward played a part in that. Like, yeah, Edward is to blame. Billy's right. Don't be mad at Billy and Jacob. But Bella's like, oh, well, thanks for telling me. You get to, you know buy your parts now. And he's like, "Mm." and she's like, oh, is there more? And he's like, forget it. I'll just get a job. (laughs) Just just a great line. Oh, forget it. I'll just get a job. (laughs) And she says, oh, just spit it out, Jacob. So maybe she's not that nice after all, but he's like, it's bad. And she's like, I don't care. Just tell me. And he's like, okay, but it's bad. And she said, I don't care. Tell me. And I'm like, yes, let's not repeat the same thing over and over again. And he says, okay. So the message is We'll be watching. And he said, we, which is fun. We'll be watching. Billy's extra as well. I've said the Cullens are extra, but Billy Black, he has a flair for the dramatics. Sending Jacob to the prom. (laughs) He does nothing by halves, our Billy Black. So then the song ends and Jacob's like, do you need me to help you sit down? And then Edward's like, I'll do it. (laughs) I'll take it from here, mate. And Jacob flinches. And he's like, oh, hey, didn't see you there. (laughs) Which is a great line as well. Jacob's great. To say to Edward, who was obviously hovering next to them the whole time, being like, oh, didn't see you there. (laughs) Yeah, so Jacob's being shady to Edward and we love to see it. So then Edward and Bella just, you know, catch up because they can't have any thoughts that don't go unsaid. And Edward's like, yeah, I'm not mad at Billy, but his son is irritating. And she's like, why? And he said, well, first of all, he made me break my promise. And she's like, what? And he's like, I promised I wouldn't let go of you tonight. And she's like, oh, well, you know, get over it. I forgive you. And he's like, yeah. And he also called you pretty. (laughs) And he says, that's practically an insult. The way you look right now, you're much more than beautiful. It's like, no, pretty's not an insult. Pretty's nice. It's like, would would you rather that the guy you hate Calls your girlfriend beautiful or stunning. You can't win with this Edward guy. Oh God, it's still going. So they start dancing again and she's like, so can you tell me why we're doing this? 
and he's confused and they're dancing her around and then he's spinning her through the crowd to the back of the gym and she catches a glimpse of Jessica and Mike dancing and then she sees Angela who's also dancing with Ben. So I guess Angela's not a lesbian, so that's upsetting for me. And then she sees Lee and Samantha. Have we ever heard of this Samantha character before? I don't think so. That's a first. Uh, She sees Lauren. I think we've heard of Lauren. But she's dancing with Connor, who fuck knows who Connor is. And she says, I could name every face that spiraled past me. And that's character growth. Because remember when she first moved to Forks, she's like, I see all these faces and I don't know any of their names. So yeah, proud of Bella. Proud of Bella for that. And then all of a sudden they're outdoors in the cool dim light of a fading sunset. So we're just, we're shoehorning this twilight metaphor in again. So they're staring up at the moon because there's also a moon already while it's, while the sun's setting. I guess, you know, that happens. And he's like, oh, twilight again. Another ending. No matter how perfect the day is, it always has to end. And I'm sorry, you don't sleep. (laughs) Why do you care about Twilight? You don't sleep and you can go out in the sun. The fact that this is the main metaphor of the book just kills me. It kills me. It doesn't mean anything. (sighs) And she's like, some things don't have to end. And he's like, I brought you to the prom because I don't want you to miss anything. I don't want my presence to take away anything from you. I want you to be human and have your life and continue as you would have if you hadn't met me and I died in 1918 like I should have. And she's like, oh, in what strange parallel dimension would I ever have gone to a prom of my own free will? (laughs) He's like, you seemed really surprised when you figured out that I was taking you here. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, so what were you actually thinking we were going to do? And she's like, oh, I don't want to say. And he's like, oh, come on. And she's like, hmm, it'll make you mad. And like, if you're worried about saying something to your partner because it'll make them mad, like that's a red flag. And he's like, oh, well, I still want to know. And she's like, well, I knew it was some sort of occasion, but I didn't think it would be like a human thing, like prom. And he's like, human. And she's like, yeah, well, I was kind of hoping you might've changed your mind and that you were going to change me after all. So she totally thought she was going to like a vampire conversion ceremony all dressed up and pretty. Where did she get that? Like she, she's been half through it. She knows that it involves horrific pain for three days. And like, you have to be buried in the ground or something like, or at least under a pile of potatoes. Oh, she's the biggest idiot. The biggest idiot. So then Bella narrates, a dozen emotions played across his face. Some she recognized, anger, pain, And then he seemed to collect himself and his expression became more amused. (laughs) A dozen emotions, but she named three. (laughs) So I wonder what the other nine emotions were. God, and there's more back and forth and disagreements about this again. Like, (sighs) it's not enough for them to have one conversation about it. They need to have three. It's so annoying. He's like, so you're so ready for this to be the end, for this to be the twilight of your life. Uh, Even though your life has already started, you're so ready to give up everything. And she's like, it's not the end, it's the beginning. And he says, it's not worth it. He says, so you're ready now then? And she says, um, I gulped. Yes, take a drink. She gulped. And he's like, right now? And he's 
breathing on her neck and you know how that gets her going. So she shivers involuntarily <laughs> and she's breathing heavily and she's balling her hands into fists, just getting ready for it. And then, <laughs> and then he chuckles darkly <laughs> and leans away and he looks disappointed. So there's your fourth emotion. And he says, you can't really believe I would give in so easily. And there's a sour edge to his mocking tone. You can't really believe I would give in so easily. (laughs) Why are you talking to your girlfriend with a broken leg like this? (laughs) Be nice, she's still on the mend. She had a cracked skull. Uh, And she's like, a girl can dream. And he's like, oh, so you dream about being a monster. And she says, no, not exactly. I just dream about being with you forever. And he's like, Bella, I will stay with you. Isn't that enough? And we know that's a lie because last chapter he was adding in that caveat that he would stay as long as it was right for her. But he frowns and he's like, and she narrates that no one was going to surrender tonight. So she sort of gives up on it. And so she touches his face and she says, look, I love you more than everything else in the world combined. Isn't that enough? And I don't know why she's saying that to him. Why is she trying to convince him? But whatever. And he says, yes, it is enough. Enough for forever. What, what the fuck are they talking about? Uh, they're on different pages and they don't seem to know it. And they're on a different page from me as well because uh, it's just word vomit. It's word vomit. So yeah, he says, yeah, it's enough for forever. And then he leans down to press his cold lips once more to her throat. And that's the end of the book. What an odd note to end on. And before I let you go, I just want to let you know that there are discussion questions at the end of the book, like at at least at the end of the edition that I'm reading. (laughs) There are 10 discussion questions as if this is like a book worthy of literary criticism. And I know I've just spent like 24 episodes talking about it. So shit, maybe it is, but I'm going to, I'm going to read out some of these questions because I want to get your input. I want you to email me with your responses. One of the questions is, Bella faints at the smell of blood. If she were to become a vampire, how might this serve as a hindrance? <laughs> uh, how do you fucking think it would serve as a hindrance if she, if she faints at her main food supply? <laughs> Who came up with these questions? One of them is, is Edward selfishly putting Bella in danger or is Bella being too stubborn for her own good? Or is it a little bit of both? <laughs> it's both. It's both. How is that a question? Here is a good one though. There's a question about Carlisle's job as a doctor and it says, why does he remain working as a doctor when the Cullens don't seem to need his income? Great question. While you're there, why are they at school? Why are they bothering with any of this? What's Esme doing in the day? Carlisle just goes to work. The kids go to school. Esme just potters around as a housewife. That is so backwards. This stupid book. And then the, the main question I want to bring up with you is that Stephanie Meyer has noted that each of the novels in the Twilight Saga pays homage to other literary classics. <laughs> so, I mean, the phrase other literary classics seems to be implying that Twilight is a literary classic. And I, I really, I really got to dispute that. She says for Twilight, she has said that Pride and Prejudice was the key inspiration. Pride and Prejudice is often described as a romantic comedy. What parts of Twilight are romantic? What parts are comic? Describe the similarities between Elizabeth Bennett and Bella Swan. Are we seriously meant to buy that this is a remake of Pride and Prejudice? (laughs) 
<laughs> Does anyone see those similarities? I just, I just read 24 chapters in an epilogue of this shit and I didn't see one single similarity. Not even a hint of any pride and prejudicing. She's got to be joking us, right? She's got to be joking us. But God, let me know. Let me know. If there's any other discussion points you want to bring up, please get in touch. So that's, that's the end of the book. We do have another little episode lined up. Uh, it's, it's going to be a look at the adaptation. So we're going to be looking at the Twilight movie next episode. And I did watch it the other night. And I have to say, I like it so much better than the book. <laughs> so much better. So that episode's coming up next. Maybe if you want to, to watch along, give it, a, give it a watch, and then we can talk about it together next week. So I'll see you then. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.